Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to OzCastNetwork.com for details. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Hi, this is Luke. G'day, Luke. It's Andrew Pierce here. How are you doing? Hey, how's it going? Good, good. Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Good, good. Yeah, just, uh, so I'm calling from all the way over in WA, um, to chat to you about your film, your fantastic film. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I heard yeah. you'd be calling. Yeah, thanks yeah. for calling. Oh, no worries at all. Uh, thanks for, for sparing the time to, to have a chat about it. It's really... Uh, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, my I, pleasure. I watched it last night uh, and it was, uh, you know, it was it was quite disturbing in a lot of ways, in a positive way, uh, which is really good. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, no, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious to to find out about uh, for starters. Um, you know, you're you're a young bloke. How yeah. did you manage to create such a impressive uh, visual style and uh, narrative style? Uh, you know, at such a young age, where did all this come from? I yeah, want to know sure. what water you're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, like story-wise, it definitely came from a desire to want to explore like a real life issue in Australia in a very unconventional way that isn't really generic and traditional. Um, just because I feel like a lot of the films being made in Australia these days, they do explore um, you know, very real um, issues. However, I don't feel like they do them in a very creative way, a very boundary pushing way. And with my film, I wanted to explore toxic masculinity and violence against women, but I wanted to do it in a real boundary pushing different way, which pushed the envelope. Mm. And um, in doing that, what I like the way I wanted to achieve that was basically um, mixing fiction and documentary. So all the blue and red room sequences in the movie are um, they're pure documentary. So basically, it's me interviewing the actors about their lives and how their lives relate to the story. And then I kind of mix that with the black and white sequences. And then all the black and white fictional sequences are kind of shaped by their um, their responses in the red and blue room. Right. So okay. yeah, it, yeah, yeah. So it basically came from um, yeah, wanting to explore like a real world issue in a very unconventional way, and um, basically yeah, mix kind of reality, mix documentary, mix that with fiction. Sure. To, um. Yeah. Yeah. Make a whole. Yeah. And basically, yeah, the visual style. Um. What I wanted to do. I mean, obviously, it's quite a low budget film. We didn't really have many resources and stuff like that. But um, in, in achieving the style, the very distinctive. Um, the very distinctive aesthetic of it, what we basically did was embrace a lack of resources. Like, um, we didn't really try to stage any huge, elaborate Hollywood set pieces or anything like that. We um, kind of, I guess, realized that we didn't have many resources and that, and that this was a low-budget project, and we played to what we had, basically. So, you know, obviously capturing the film in um, quite tight close-up shots, mm. close-up shots um, fed into that. And also just limiting it to like, you know, one setting, like, you know, very few characters. Um, yeah, just kind of being conscious of what we had to work with, you know, helped a lot in, you know, creating that style and making it very distinctive and effective, you know, yeah. not trying to do too much. 
yeah. I guess it comes down to yeah, yeah. Well, you you do well, yeah. Yeah, you've done a great job with that, and certainly, um, you know, from from my perspective at least, it seems that the 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 freedom of uh, you know, low budget in a lot of ways does help foster a little bit of creativity, and especially because you know, cameras nowadays are so much cheaper than they used to be, yeah. and and the quality is so much higher. Um. So you've you've really uh, you know out of a small budget you've managed to actually create something that looks really vast and and you know quite different than a lot of stuff that we see in Australia and certainly internationally yeah. as well. Um, yeah, that's what we wanted. We really wanted the world to be um, yeah like immersive and deep and very captivating despite the budget constraints. And yeah, you know that's what we set out to achieve. So we're very proud of it. Yeah, sure. And so it's gone internationally first uh, and then obviously we've got Australian screenings coming up. You had a few Australian screenings last year, but uh, yeah. I'm curious what the international reception was compared to uh, what you've seen from the Australian reception. Um, so internationally, it was um, there was no middle ground, put it that way. It was very much double hype. Um, at our world premiere in Calaveri, um, very striking reaction. Um, some of the audience members left halfway through because I think that it was quite confronting. It was very full on, but um, others absolutely adored it. Like you know, we got a big applause at the end, and um, yeah, like people were coming up to me after congratulating me. Um, one of the people who came up to me after was actually an ex-police officer, um, a guy from the Czech Republic, and he basically used to investigate um, like child abuse cases right. and stuff like that. And basically, he came up to me and he said it was one of the most authentic portrayals of that kind of subject matter he's, he's ever seen on film. So that was definitely a big highlight of that for me. So yeah, I mean, it was very polarizing. It was very much level hate. We had people from that camp who loved it and then other people who, um, I don't know, I guess found it a bit too confronting, like stylistically and thematically. Yeah. But um, I think that's definitely the type of movie, you know, that's kind of what I wanted to set out to do initially. Like I didn't just want to make like another vanilla sort of film that everyone thought was okay. I definitely wanted to make something which was going to get strong reactions. Um, you know, be them positive, positive or negative. I just wanted, you know, to get a good reaction out of audiences. That was my ultimate aim. Yeah, I can understand. Like I definitely that. did that overseas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so you, it screened at the Sci-Fi Film Festival in uh, Sydney, was it last yeah, it year? Yeah, in October. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah, last October. Yeah. How did that go as well? Yeah, really good, amazing. Yes, yeah, so that was our Australian premiere. Um, it was amazing to get it in front of a local audience after being in Europe. You know, for a couple of festivals over there. And um, look, they really liked it. Yeah, like I was a bit nervous prior to that because I don't feel like the movie is specifically sci-fi. You know, like I think like it's definitely got science fiction elements, but I don't think it's a purely conventional sci-fi film. Mm. So I was a bit nervous kind of screening it for that type of audience. You know, I thought they might expect, you know, something a bit more like traditionally sci-fi. But um, they loved it. Yeah, no, they definitely um, appreciated the ex like how experimental it was and how it was kind of a different version of kind of like, I guess, dystopian Australian sci-fi, you know, and they really liked it. They thought it was, you know, unlike anything they'd ever seen. Yeah. And um, again, heaps of people were coming up after and, you know, really saying how much they appreciated it. And it was amazing. And I love that festival. It was really good. Yeah, it's a it's a really good festival. And they, they consistently put out good stuff there. Unfortunately, yeah, based in WA, I don't get to experience it. So I, I watch it from yeah, afar. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's one of the benefits and the, the, the downsides of living uh, in a remote uh, city, I guess, is that, yeah, you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, in that turn, uh, you know, you're obviously going to be touring around the film 
uh, around Australia and things like that, which has got to be exciting. I'm yeah, so um, it's amazing. Yeah, like I mean, when we first made it, we definitely didn't think we'd be getting like a national cinema release or anything like that. So you know, very thankful to Backlot for picking it up and stuff. And um, yeah, so it's going to be in every city in Australia next week, which is incredible. Really, every major city. Um, I'm pretty sure the Lunar Leaderville has it, it is. in Perth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah, I've heard that's an amazing cinema. It's a beautiful cinema. It's fantastic. And, uh, it'll, it'll go off yeah. greatly there. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's art house, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. nice and old. Um, and, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'm in Brisbane next Thursday there. I think that's the Q&A I'm doing. Fantastic. The opening weekend. Yes, that should be good to at the new farm. Yeah. So yeah. also on the, the 8th, you've... You've dedicated the day to donating the ticket sales as well. For yeah, for sure. That particular yeah. day. How, like, it's great that you're doing that. But on the flip yeah. side as well, like, part of me is a bit like, you know, that's got to be a really difficult decision for you as an independent filmmaker who's not going to be making a heck of a lot from, you know, a really good film. How do yeah. you come to the decision where it's like, you know what, I'm going to put, I'm going to donate the sales from one day uh, to different charities. How do you come up with that decision? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, it, 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 I know a lot of people say this, but it isn't really about money for me. Like, it is more about the message that I'm trying to spread and the story that I'm trying to tell. Um, for me, you know, I'm telling the story about toxic masculinity and um, violence against women, a very real issue in Australia right now. You know, I'm making this film. But, like, personally, I don't really... I just want to do as much as possible. You know, like, I don't just want to tell a story about it. I actually want to try to um, make some, you know, real-world contribution and real-world change for the issue, you know? Mm. Like, I don't want it just to be that. And, like, yeah, I'm completely comfortable giving away some of my earnings, you know, to the cause because it isn't about, you know, like, I, I don't think art is really about money and stuff. I think it's, I think what's more valuable than that is actually making a positive change with your work and spreading awareness for issues. So, you know, I would rather, you know, do that then, um, you know, get the money from that Friday. Yeah, definitely. Those Friday screenings, yeah, I think yeah. that's much more valuable, you know, being able to contribute. Yeah. Way. And, you know, it's a small way, it's in a huge way, but, you know, I just felt like I wanted to do that if I was telling the story, you know, it felt like the right thing to do. No, I'm, I'm really glad that you are as well because, yeah, no, you know, thank you, yeah. often, I mean, it's great to see, you know, but often you see these stories that are, that are told and, and, yes, the financial side of it comes into it, but it's also, yeah. like, how are you benefiting that actual, the, the theme that you're actually presenting on the film? How are you benefiting it other than just showing it on film? And you're yeah, actually exactly, putting yeah. your, your money where your mouth is and saying, well, here, this is how I'm going to help that cause. So it's impressive yeah, yeah, that you're doing that. Yeah. No, for sure. Like, it's one thing to explore something, you know, through art and stuff, which is brilliant. You know, it's great at creating awareness and, you know, making people think about things and, you know, starting a conversation. But, you know, I think, you know, sometimes that isn't enough, you know, like, you know, sometimes you've got to contribute in a real world sort of way, you know, mm. as well. Mm. That's kind of my view on that, yeah. Yeah. So I do want to come back to the financial side of it in a little sure. bit, but I want to swing back to kind of the, the way that this concept came about and, and what yeah. process you went about organising this particular film, specifically with casting, as well as, uh, if you did any storyboarding or anything like that. Um, so where sure. did this gem start from? Yeah, right. So um, basically, I wrote the script for Reflections in the Dusk off. It was about seven years ago. 
Um, it was so, hang on, different. I want to stop you for two seconds. Are you, what, yeah, 23, 24 now? 23, yes. So I wrote Jeez, it when I was, man. <laughs> I was doing fucking high school. <laughs> well, congratulations on that for starters. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, that, that was initially when the idea came to me. Um, yeah, so basically I always had this idea of um, like a little girl and her um, her, her father kind of, struggling to survive in a post-apocalyptic sort of world and the father um you know having issues you know mental issues and um you know being abusive and stuff like that that was always kind of the crux of the idea and it went through a lot of um incarnations and versions and stuff like that like leading up to what it was before i shot it but um that was always the crux of it like a little girl and her father who happened to be a clown and um with the whole clown concept what i always meant for was like um his makeup to be sort of him hiding his true self from the world, almost, you know, and as it kind of wears away throughout the movie and stuff and as it diminishes and gets washed away, that's when his um, kind of inner demons come out. That was kind of the whole concept of the clown, like, as a metaphor. So basically that was the whole idea from, like, an early point. And then, um, yeah, like, over the years I kind of revisited it as I studied and stuff like that, changed it up and all that. And, um, yeah, so basically it came to the version it was a couple of years ago just before I shot it. And, yeah, and actually making the movie, like, um, I mean, obviously, like I said before, it was very low budget. And um, it was a real challenge to kind of get good people on board and stuff, you know, despite the budget. But um, we managed to do it. Yeah, I got an amazing cinematographer by the name of um, Ryan Barry Cotter involved from an early point. Um, he'd done a lot of cool commercials and stuff leading up to that point. And then, um, yeah, like I got a cool art director um, by the name of um, Philip Rowe, who was um, actually just out of our film school himself. So, um, yeah, it was just basically a matter of um, looking around and getting people who would be willing to work on this for, you know, less money than a normal project, but who are still talented and still passionate, I guess, and still wanting to see a good result. Mm. And then, um, yeah, so when it came to casting, um, I got robbed from my previous feature film, which was a Michael's um, budget feature film called You're Not Thinking Straight. He had a small role in that, where he actually played a transvestite in makeup and stuff like that. And he, um, I don't know, he played that role so well, like with the makeup in a real flamboyant sort of way. I kind of, he kind of sprung to mind for the clown, mm. you know, with the makeup and hiding himself again and that sort of way, you know, very theatrical and melodramatic. So I cast him in this, and you know, he knocked it out of the park. And then with Sarah Hubold, um, the role itself of Freckles wasn't actually written for a disabled individual, but I always knew that I wanted someone a bit different, you know, a bit quirky, like not just another generic plastic sort of movie star, you know what I mean? Yeah. I always knew I wanted that, but it wasn't actually written for a disabled individual. But um, I was watching TV one night and I just saw um, on SBS, I think it's a show called The Feed, Oh and, yeah, um, yeah. Sarah was actually getting interviewed on that show, and um, I'm not sure what she was talking about. She was talking about her circus work or her travelling theatre work that she does, and um, I saw her interview, and I just she just struck me straight away. Like she had such a presence on screen, and just like a such like a kind of natural instinct to perform. You know, she really captivated me straight away on screen, and I knew that I wanted to work with her after seeing that. So um, yeah, after that, I got in contact with her, and um. We auditioned her and stuff, and I, you know, talked to her about life and all that, and you know, if she wanted to be involved. And at first, she was very much kind of hesitant. She wasn't that keen at all. She had a lot of questions. She was like, "Oh, what does this portray? Um, this or that?" 
Like, we talked for hours about it, and it really didn't seem like it was like fun trip at all. So <laughs> I was kind of ready to move on at that point and find someone else. But then a couple of days later, she gave me a call, and she was like, you know what, I'll do it. And, um, you know, the rest was history, right? But, yeah, basically with her, it wasn't actually getting through the favorite individual, but um, I don't know. I just think she embodied the character so well just as a person. Well, she, yeah, she has a a real natural talent. She is absolutely brilliant in the film. Like, she'd never acted before. This was her first acting role. But um, as you can see in the movie, like, she's natural, you know, like, it just seems like she's been doing it for years, really, which is amazing. She's got such a natural inclination to perform, which is amazing. Yeah. And it's the sort of role which, you know, my my perspective at least you know in these smaller budget films and things like that we often see great performances and that helps uh jettison people into uh, more more roles and things like that so i'm really hopeful that from this that uh you know certainly obviously for you as well but um yeah you know, for sure. sarah in particular i think that it would be great if uh, she had a continued career after this because i thought she was absolutely oh, I'd love brilliant to see that yeah i think yeah. you know i think um it's going to be a lot for her career especially when it comes out next week i think a lot of people are going to see it and like I mean, it's just such an amazing performance. I think it's impossible not to feel something when you see that, for sure. Definitely. Same with Rob, too. I think, you know, Rob um, will hopefully get some opportunities, too, out of it because, you know, their chemistry together and the way that they play those characters is really insane. It's really the heart of the film, I feel, for sure. Yeah, well, definitely. And, and the way they yeah. bounce off each other is just brilliant as well. There's, oh, yeah. There is a real... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a real connection there, yeah, which I was so happy with, you know? Yeah. And it's funny because we didn't actually rehearse the movie much. We only had like two rehearsal sessions prior to our shooting because we just didn't have the time or the money to really um, do it because Sarah was working at the time, Rob was working, I was working. We just couldn't really set aside time to actually have any proper rehearsals prior to doing it. It was only two rehearsals we had. So, um, yeah, like it was basically a matter of just getting on set and doing it. And the fact that they still had such a remarkable chemistry despite it being quite spontaneous was... um. Yeah, magic. Like, I had no idea how it happened, so I was very happy about that. Oh, it's good, yeah. And the lack of time we had together before, yeah. Yeah, and part of me wondered as well, like, halfway through watching it, I was like, there's, there is that connection that I find uh, that actors sort of have with a natural environment in the sense that, you know, yes, you can stick them on a set, uh, like a, a yeah. manufactured set, and they get a good performance, but there's something a little bit raw and... and really more energetic about them being connected to nature uh, in oh, some ways. And I yeah. think that really shines through here. It's really, really great oh, to see. Sure. Yeah. yeah, like out there on set, like it literally did feel like you were in the world of the movie, I tell you, like um, crazy storms and crazy heat. And, you know, there were, the, the crew was quite small too, so it really did feel like we were in the middle of nowhere. You know? It really did feel like we were isolated from everything. And I think that definitely fed into the performances, like you said, and also just the movie itself. Like, it definitely has a level of authenticity. You know, it definitely feels very remote. And, you know, I think the fact of the matter is that it was remote. That's why it feels like <laughs> really out there. And, um, you know, crazy stuff happened. Like, um, one night there was this massive storm, and um, we were actually shooting on a dam. Like, the whole location is a dam, dam, right. dam. And um, basically, um, yeah, this storm actually flooded the whole set. So, <laughs> yeah, basically we rocked up to set the next day, and it was hip-deep water. Uh-huh. And all our props and stuff were floating out in the middle of the dam. We had to swim out to get them. The unit tent was floating out there as well. And we literally had to swim out and retrieve it all. And um, I asked the dam person, I'm like, oh, can you potentially let some water out and stuff, you know, like so we can finish the movie? And they're like, oh, of course not. We'd never do that. <laughs> and then um, basically it just came down to us needing to rewrite the script to include like a big storm, like an apocalyptic storm, you know, in the end of 
which storm happens and stuff, and he walks out into the water. That was a product of that. We just had to spontaneously write that into the script. So I think, you know, being out there in the elements and having to face things like that, you know, storms and weather and all that definitely added to the authenticity of the film and definitely made it feel um, like it was actually a post-apocalyptic wasteland, you know, a remote yeah. place. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you managed to I turn think. that particular area into a character in itself, which is, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. is impressive. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, from my perspective, at least, there's a bit of a, a punk rock aspect to the way you make films in the sense that, yeah. you know, as you're saying, they're micro budget, um, but they're on the fringes. And, and you know, uh, I'm curious, especially for a young guy, how do you manage to do that? What's, where do you get the gumption to be like, you know what, I'm going to go out and make this, uh, this impressive film with virtually nothing uh, how do you do that in today's society especially in australia because uh the australian mm. film industry um i know that you've got a lot of thoughts on it so i'm curious to hear what they are <laughs> yeah for sure absolutely i mean i don't know i think it's like the industry itself you know i think is quite boring it's quite sterile it's quite safe um, i really realized that after traveling to europe european film festivals and talking to other funding bodies overseas and seeing how much they love me really you know and how much they were willing to actually push the boundaries and, you know, how much they respected work like this, it really made me realise that the Australian industry is almost, I don't want to say backwards, but it's just lagging, I guess, when it comes to having a desire to progress the art form and actually take risks. And um, I don't think that's positive. I think, you know, like, if you're in charge of a big film industry or whatever, any art sector, I think, you know, a big priority should be wanting to push the boundaries and, you know, discover new talent and do things differently. Like, I just don't think stagnation is very good. And I think the Australian film industry is stagnating. And I think that it's making a lot of just safe, predictable cinema, mm -hmm. I think. And, you know, like, I mean, some of them aren't good films, I think, and some of them will make money and stuff and be good. But I think generally, like, it's just quite dull and vanilla. And I think they have a long way to go before they're as progressive as Europe and, you know, actually making exciting content, you know? So I think it's an issue. It's a huge issue. I think if our industry is going to survive and actually thrive into the future, um, they're going to have to change their approach and they're going to have to become more open-minded towards projects like mine or others, which are more experimental and push the boundaries and get people thinking, you know, about different ways of doing things. Yeah. And, you know, with these projects, you know, they may be, you know, loved or hated or whatever but i think that's not the important thing i think it's about just offering different perspectives and stuff and not doing the same thing over and over like i think it's about diversity and storytelling you know i don't think australia has enough of that i think it's the same thing over and over made by the same people too there's an in for other filmmakers as well yeah which um isn't great yeah but basically with my movie i mean a big motivation of mine like both my films was um I don't know, like just to offer a different way of doing things and really kind of rebel against what's being made in this country and kind of show, you know, film fans and filmmakers that it doesn't, you don't need to really abide by a formula or do things like other people do. You know, you can really go out there and make something different and, you know, make people question things. And you can go out there and make something completely different and, you know, push the boundaries. You don't need to just follow the rules and stuff and you know do you just do the same thing over and over i just really wanted to encourage people to push the boundaries and sure yeah that's basically my motivation behind it yeah yeah 
so in that regard, like, because I, I, I agree that there needs to be more, um, you know, cinema that kind of challenges and, and yeah. creates uh, thought-provoking discussions and stuff like that. For sure. Um, yeah. But what I fear, personally, what I fear at least is that with the Australian uh, audiences, um, they become a little bit stagnated in the sense that, you know, they like the same old, same old. And uh, that's, uh, in my perspective at least, that's where... I think is going to be the biggest challenge is trying to get Australian audiences to engage with something that makes their, their brain tick. Um, and as you're saying, in Europe, they certainly seem to appreciate this a lot more. Um, yeah. I don't know if, like, I don't know if anybody has the answer to that, but uh, certainly it's nice to see that you're out there trying to push that and change uh, the, the perspective in some regards. Um, but at least you always know that there are people in a different country that might appreciate yeah, exactly. it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what I thought initially about Australian audiences as well, that they were more into kind of mainstream stuff, and that's kind of why this industry was the way it was. Mm. But then in rolling this movie out, and you know, I'm showing it at the Sydney Sci-Fi Festival and the Paris Cinema Festival in Melbourne and stuff like that, and also just getting it online and promoting it online on like pedestrian TV and um, Reds and Flicks and stuff like um. It's kind of made me realise that um, I think there could actually be an audience, like more than I expected. Oh, that's this good. Sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of been a pleasant surprise, really, because I definitely had that opinion to start with that, like, you know, not many people in Australia at all were really into art house cinema or whatever. Like, there wasn't really an audience or, 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 or a craving for it. But, um, yeah, no, I've actually been pleasantly surprised. And I think, you know, there is definitely an audience out there who are, you know, wanting to see this sort of thing, maybe more than you know, government funding bodies and stuff would realise. Yeah. I think. I think they're maybe underestimating the Australian public in a way. <laughs> and, uh, maybe I am too as well. Uh, there yeah, is a, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's certainly, uh, you know, there's a li I, I carry a little bit, a level of cynicism where it's like, you know, I see, yeah, I see I a lot of great films yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And like when I, I did a, a top 30 Australian film list uh, last year and, and, I actually had to leave off a heck of a lot. And when I put it up, there was a lot of oh, people really? who were yeah. like, you know, did we even make 30 films? I'm like, well, actually we made more than 50, but, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. So I hope that, you know, more people actually like there's, there feels like there's a beginning of a renaissance in some regards for um, yeah, so, this yeah. kind of stuff. And, and, and that's a big motivation of mine right now, you know, to contribute towards that. Yeah. Um, that's it really, you know, that's what we want to see, you know? Good art, yeah. Interesting films, yeah, that's what it's all about. Definitely, and you've already made two features, so yeah. I imagine that you're already probably working on another one, which is good. Oh, for sure, yeah. No, I was recently um, shortlisted for the Cannes Film Foundation residence. In oh, Paris. fantastic! You get paid to go and write a script over there with Cannes, and they kind of help you out. So I'm um, hopefully I get into that, and that's probably where the next one's going to start. Great. Over there, do it all again. Yeah. Yeah, well, that that is really great to hear because you know, obviously, you're a voice that uh, I'm keen to see more of, and and I think well, that the uh, that. Australian film industry would certainly, um, you know, we need to kind of, while the 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 funding body is there and and definitely uh, a little bit more selective than it possibly should be, uh, it is yeah. nice to see that there are people like yourself who are working on the fringes of it and creating stuff that challenges things. So that yeah, for sure, yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah, I think it's a necessary part for sure. Yeah. Um, so one of the, the, the last kind of questions which I, I like to ask people as I, I do these yeah. interviews with Australian filmmakers is, uh, obviously, I like to put a bit of a spotlight on Australian film. So um, yeah, sure. for you, what 
Australian filmmakers or films have inspired you along the way and have encouraged you as a filmmaker? Um, I love Warwick Thornton. It is definitely one of my favourites at the moment. I remember um, Samson's Delilah in 2009. I saw that when I was 14. And, um, yeah, like, that was actually one of the films which, you know, made me realise that I wanted to be a filmmaker, you know. I thought, you know, such an amazing, striking work was coming out of Australia like that. Like, I thought, like, I could do it too. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah, I just thought it was such a just honest, amazing, captivating film, and it really inspired me when I first saw it when I was younger. And then, um, obviously, his recent film, um, Sweet Country, was uh, just as incredible. So I'm really loving what he's doing. Um, I love the way he kind of captures characters and performances and stuff. I feel like it's very natural and raw and authentic, which is kind of something that I try to explore in my work too. So yeah, Warwick Thornton would definitely be a big influence. Great. Well, yeah. he's he's certainly uh, one of my heroes in a lot of ways. He's uh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Well, look, thank you so much for your time. I I, I really no, appreciate it. And no, um, no, thanks for calling. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And look, I'm 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 really excited to see what Australian audiences have to say about it. Um, as yeah, it rolls out no, next week. It's come up really quickly. I'm really excited to see what happens. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. people don't see it. We'll see, eh? Yeah. <laughs> well, and before you know it, you'll have, you know, it'll be uh, two films deep in the rearview mirror. You know, you'll it'll be, you know, you'll have a whole catalogue of Australian films out there, which is great to hear. Yeah, that's good to hear. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Lovely. All right. Well, keep on doing what you're doing, and uh, yeah, I look really forward to seeing it. more in the future. Cheers. All right, great. Thanks so Cheers. much, mate. No worries. Right, okay. Bye. Bye. Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to OzCastNetwork.com for details. Let Safeway help you unleash your globe with your favorite personal care products. Right now at Safeway, get great deals on all your favorite personal care products. Like Head & Shoulders Base Shampoo, Crest 3D Whitening Toothpaste, Listerine Antiseptic Mouthwash, Sensodyne Sensitivity Fresh Toothpaste, Degree Women Antiperspirant Deodorant, or Soft Soap Liquid Hand Soap. Visit Safeway.com or head into your local Safeway store for more deals and specific details.